Welcome to the Talking the Line podcast, presented to you by Talking the Line Sports Media, giving you our best insights and analysis so you can rake in some cold hard cash on your next sports bet. Now sit on back, open up your mind, and let's cash some tickets. We can't thank you enough for joining us. We hope you enjoy. afternoon good evening ladies and gentlemen degenerates gamblers nfl fans ravens fans everybody in between far and wide welcome in to episode number 92 of the talking the line podcast and as always hey Thank you so much for taking a few moments out of your day to come and kick it with the crew on this beautiful Friday of bets and now NFL analysis. But before we get into the full season preview for the Baltimore Ravens, I know you read the title. I know you're here for a reason. Please take a few moments to smash that subscribe button on whatever platform you are currently ingesting the ttl pod on if you are watching on youtube make sure you go ahead and hit that notification bell as well so you never miss the start of a live show or any other content dropping from ttl sports media but if you are listening to the audio recorded version on your favorite podcast directory make sure you hit it there if you haven't already because we do release the audio of every show right after every live show is completed next item up here if you could be so kind you got a couple extra seconds go ahead hit that like button leave us a comment leave us a rating jump on in the live chat if you are watching live we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it when you do and it only helps us make ttl sports media bigger and better for each and every one of you last but certainly not least head on over to this episode's description where you can locate the talking the line link tree within that link tree you will find the talkingtheline.com website as well as all of the TTL crew's social platforms and content so you can consume it however and whenever you please ladies and gentlemen and beautiful gambling people and NFL fans or maybe you're none of the above you're just someone in between that stumbled upon you might be a fan of the Ravens who knows once again thank you so much for stopping by talking the line podcast episode number 92 I am your humble host Colton Colt 45 Soroka and we'll be guiding this ship on this beautiful July 30th 2021 but folks I couldn't do it by myself I need some help on every show. I need some extra analysis, some extra insights. And when we do run the regularly daily sports gambling pod, I need some extra locks. So with that being said, let me bring in my partner, the co-host of the TTL pod and the man who helps me dish out some fire episodes every single day. The man, 
the myth, the degenerate gambling legend, and now full-time NFL analyst, Mr. Riley Armax Magnuson. Partner, how you doing over there today, pal? My man, I could not be much better. It is Friday in the Windy City. Got a beautiful weekend on deck. As uh, far as personal stuff, work stuff, you name it, I got it. And, uh, you know, we're diving into one of my favorite teams to watch in the NFL today. So I am um, a little more than excited today. So uh, I'm ready to get things rocking and rolling, my man. I am as well, my friend. No complaints on this side of the table. As always, uh, you did say pretty nice day here in the Windy City. Not too windy as it typically tends to be during this time of the year. A little bit stiff outside, so hey, make sure you got those t-shirts and shorts on deck if you're venturing on outside. Maybe, hey, playing around to nine after you get off of uh, work here today. Hope so. Hope that's in your future. But what's in your future right now is a jam-packed episode of the TTL pod and uh know you read the title no you probably looked at it it is all about the Baltimore Ravens today but before we dive into all of that let's discuss a little bit what is coming up on today's show and give you a couple quick reminders first now you know the TTL pod as a daily sports gambling pod you know us as handicappers here me and Mr. Magnuson that being said you're not going to find that daily show here right now at this time but nonetheless we're still making picks. We're still cashing MLB tickets. Myself, personally, I went 5-1 and one yesterday on the MLB books. I am cashing tickets. I am actually, as a matter of fact, 10-3 and three over the last two days. So am I heating back up? I don't know. The jury is still out. However, I do already have some plays out on the yes, action sir. app once again. Mags, have you uh, hammered anything in as of as of yet? I've got a couple in line today. I uh, can't say that I'm quite as hot as you are. I am positive the last two days, so I'm not going to complain about that by All any right. means. But I've got a couple plays out today, so go check them out on the action app. Um, sh- at the last couple of days, I've been uh, pumping out at least a couple more as the day goes along, too. So. All right. Well, if you don't know our action network app usernames here you go i am at cash underscore with underscore colt you can also follow riley at rmags in all caps r-m-a-g-s and then you can follow the talking the line best bets once we go back to dishing out daily locks at talking the line no spaces no uh all uppercase nothing like that just regular talking the line so make sure you follow us there but then you can also find all of our best bets in addition to the action network app on the talkingtheline.com website you can check it out on the today's best bets tab we make it super easy for you if you like one of our plays in particular you can actually hammer it in we give you a couple different options of sports books as to uh, whatever one is your favorite you can utilize go through us make it super easy on yourself check it out at talkingtheline.com and uh, may or may not support the show in doing so as well so check them all out there check out all the picks everything we got coming out for you guys on a daily basis still but the nfl special editions roll on said on twitter this morning we move the sticks yes sir we do today we're getting into the aforementioned baltimore ravens now a lot of stuff to talk about here with the ravens there is a lot of question marks coming in from last season but not nearly as many question marks to cover as we had from the previous two teams Not a whole lot of losses offensively or defensively for the crew here coming out of Baltimore, but few key additions that we do need to talk about Mm -hmm. in addition. But as always, if you haven't been to one of these uh, shows here yet, what we're going to do, 
the entire season preview. We're going to kick things off, breaking down the entire lineup offensively and defensively. Also going to look at a couple of key 2020 numbers, a couple of key other things that uh, entail with their offensive and defensive scheme in addition to that. We'll also break down the entire coaching staff. We'll take a look at the head coach, offensive coordinator, and defensive coordinator and talk about what those individual guys need to do as coaching staff this season. Then, of course, hey, we got to uh, talk a little bit about the schedule. That's what we're doing. We got 18 weeks this season. Everybody knows we all play on Sunday, maybe a Thursday or a Monday, but we'll talk about every single one of them. We'll talk about all of the division opponents, all mm-hmm. of the non-division opponents, the main eight games outside of their division, and then the remaining three. And then we'll talk about where do we see them falling within their division and potential Super Bowl run. And that'll segue us right on into some betting trends. We'll talk about 2020 betting trends, ATS numbers, over-under numbers, everything in between for the Baltimore Ravens. We'll also talk about some outlook for the upcoming season. We'll break down each individual week's lines, give you a way too early week one pick already out of the gates. We'll talk win totals. We'll talk alternate win totals. Everything you need to have a successful 2021 betting season on the Baltimore Ravens. And then, oh, hey, we didn't forget about you fantasy players either because we are fantasy nerds ourselves. So for the final segment of the Baltimore Ravens today, breaking down each positional grouping even the defense and telling you where we might be playing them in our fantasy lineups where you should be targeting them in your drafts and what type of value we believe they have over the course of the season so we'll be covering it all in the entire season preview for the baltimore Mm -hmm. ravens today my friends so i got not a whole lot else to say other than let's get this show on the road partner you got anything else that needs to get off the old chest no sir All right, my friends. Well, let's get right on into it. We are back with another NFL special edition, and it is time to kick things off with the first segment, as you will find is going to be uh, pretty consistent here now from show to show. First things first, the full Baltimore Ravens team breakdown. Now, another thing, uh, if you guys didn't know, if you haven't been by a show yet, we also start things off on the offensive side of the ball. So I... I'm going to kick things off with a couple of the key losses offensively for the Ravens. Then I'm going to kick it on over to my partner, let him jab a little bit about some of the key additions offensively. Then we'll uh, talk a little bit about some 2020 numbers, some things that uh, we deserve are worth noting. And then we'll uh, just jab a little bit in between Mm -hmm. uh, everything offensive wise. So let's get right on into it offensively some key losses that you guys should know about here for the Baltimore Ravens they did lose Chris Moore wide receiver not a huge loss there uh sent him to the Texans also in a package with Mark Ingram uh running back we obviously all know Mark Ingram coming out of Alabama uh he also went to the Texans in Mm -hmm. addition so uh me and uh Riley, we're talking about it pre-show, man, and I don't know what the logic is there. We'll talk about it a little bit later, maybe uh, if Mark Ingram comes up into conversation, but kind of bizarre that uh, he shipped out and chose Texas, Houston, Texas, of all places, and the Texans. But nonetheless, uh, they also had a few offensive line losses that I was thinking was going to loom really large, but they were able to backfill them. My partner will talk about that Mm -hmm. a little bit here, too, but they lost uh, DJ Fluker and Orlando Brown, right guard, right tackle, respectively, and also so uh, Fluker went to the Finns, Brown went to the Chiefs, so they were willing to let them walk. They obviously thought that they could get it done in free agency or via the draft, and uh, 
I do believe they did, as my partner will tell you very shortly. Wrapping it up as far as some of the key losses, Matt Skura, their center, he also went to the Dolphins. Willie Sneed, wide receiver, you know, he hasn't had a ton of value from year to year. Went to the Raiders, and honestly, in my opinion, uh, he is a Raiders wide receiver. Mm -hmm. I think that was the best spot that he could have possibly gone. And then last but certainly not least, our guy, Bobby Triple Sticks. Robert Griffin III, still TBD if he's going to be coming back and uh, making another second string appearance for some team in the NFL. But seven losses in total worth noting for the Baltimore Ravens offensively. Partner, as far as any uh, key additions that we had, I know I mentioned some on the offensive yes, line sir. there. What do we got up and down offensively for the Ravens? Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. We've got Kevin Zietler coming in at right guard off of free agency along with Alejandro Villanueva at the right tackle spot. So it does appear that they plug those holes in, and I think that's going to be a seamless transition for those guys and for this offense. Another big guy, uh, as, as least, at least as far as names are concerned, we got Sammy Watkins coming in at wide receiver. Going to be an interesting plug into that offense. I'm really excited to see what he's got coming down. Uh, they picked up Josh Oliver, tight end via trade. And then uh, as far as the draft goes, they took Rashad Bateman first round here, wide receiver. Ben Cleveland, offensive guard, could be seeing some time at left guard. That's probably the biggest question mark on the offensive line. It certainly is, actually. Uh, and then you get Tylen Wallace later in the rounds there for wide receiver. So on paper, not uh, not going to be too many names that are jumping off the page to you as far as blockbuster deals that are going to set this team over the edge. But at the very least, I think they plugged the holes that they lost. No problem about it on the offensive side. And, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins, like I said, that name reigns big, but... You know, interesting to see what he's going to do. I think he fits in really well to this offense. So, like I said, I'm really excited to see what he's got. But, uh, you know, not uh, not a high volume as far as additions are concerned on the offensive side of things. Definitely. And I'm glad you mentioned him uh, one of the first and spent a little bit of extra time on him. Because if you didn't, I was going to. Because mm -hmm. I think uh, coming out of Kansas City, now moving on to Baltimore, I think that's a huge, huge addition for Baltimore. And, and I think it uh, could definitely help a little bit. Yeah. Open up Marquise Brown, who we'll talk about here in a little while. Open up... Uh, Rashad Bateman, who you mentioned, yep. the new rookie coming in, loved watching him at Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Another Big Ten guy that we always tell you we love watching those 10 7 yep. Big Ten slugfest. So, hey, I think they uh, did a well job adding um, some of those key positions for what they lost. They did a great job via the draft and via free agency, in my opinion. Yep. How about you? Yeah, no question about it. Like I said, I think Ben Cleveland might be the biggest question mark there on the offensive side if that's going to be who they got at left guard. I agree. I agree with you. So moving, uh, moving on just briefly here into some key 2020 stats for the Baltimore Ravens before we kind of break down uh, who they all have starting or their projected depth chart. Obviously, we won't see that depth chart until uh, maybe a few days before the preseason week one game. Mm -hmm. But for some key 2020 stats, I think you guys should be aware of, and I've kind of been mentioning them from team to team. Also been wearing the team colors, if you hadn't noticed. I don't have a team jersey mm -hmm. or a uh, one for every single team, but I do have colors, I believe, or so I'm going to attempt. So hopefully now I don't mismatch, and I, yeah. I, you guys don't hold me to that. But I've been going heavy gray. I think I'll uh, figure something out here. Just keep going it forward. rocking. Three yeah, gray, yeah, yeah. back to back. All right. <laughs> Back to the offensive stats. The Baltimore Ravens averaged 5.8 yards per play on offense last season. Uh, they were one of the run heaviest offenses in the league, uh, special, especially out of a couple particular personnel groupings that we'll talk about as well. However, their uh, rush percentage play uh, throughout a course of a game was 55.04%, with their pass play percent being at 44.96. Um, Lamar's completion percent wasn't too bad, or their quarterbacks across the board, I suppose, 60 
62.96% completion. Third down conversion percentage was a little, little less than you would be desired. 48.52% uh, on that number. And then when they got in the red zone, their scoring percentage was 59.09%. So not the greatest, not the best in some of those areas. I do think that they improve rather mightily here going into uh, 2021. Now, as far as offensively, we uh, kind of discussed before the show, partner, that this uh, this offensive uh, unit is definitely poised for an explosive 2021 season. Of now, course. Now, they did have a rather cupcake schedule last year. Right. And weren't really the Baltimore Ravens. Now... I don't want to say they weren't necessarily a great team. They still ended up going 11-5. and five. They were a solid Ravens right. squad, still a John Harbaugh squad. However, mm -hmm. that all being said, they played the 26th toughest schedule, 26th ranked toughest schedule of passing defense, and the 28th ranked toughest schedule overall. Right. So for what they produced, it really should, should have been a whole, whole, whole hell of a lot higher. Right. So... I think we see that coming into this year. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the offense goes, just kind of starting at the offensive line. Right. Obviously, we we mentioned it a lot, but starting on the left side, huge, huge comeback after an injury-riddled season last year. Ronnie Stanley coming out of Notre Dame, huge, huge um, for the Baltimore offensive line and for Lamar's backside on the yep. left side of the offensive line there. Uh, then you have uh, Cleveland, who you talked about, partner, still huge question mark um, on the offensive line. But then I absolutely love the addition of Kevin Zeidler and Alejandro Villanueva. Yeah, no question. That's great on the right side. And then uh, the two, the new addition for the uh, center as well, Borman, I do believe it is. Uh, hey, I, I think they have some, uh, some pretty solid names in there, and I think that they're going to be able to bump up some of that protection for Lamar. What do you think there? Yeah, 100%, man. I think it's going to help both run game and pass game. Um, obviously, if Lamar can uh, in, uh, increase his own skill as far as the passing game is concerned, then this team is going to be a different type of juggernaut. But assuming that he's going to be the same type of quarterback and we see a similar style of play that we've seen the last couple of years, I think the additions are... They might, they might be an upgrade from what they had previously, in my opinion, honestly. Absolutely. I, I would pretty much concur with everything that you said that offensive line is going to pay dividends yep. offensively for what they're going to try and do this year uh, in Baltimore now they got Mark Andrews still at tight end huge huge fantasy name huge name in general in the NFL in 2019 was one of the top tight ends overall and then saw a serious dip mm -hmm. in production when it came to 2020 you know, they're going to have to work him back in. They're going to have to get him involved in the offensive plays, uh, especially in the red zone. He was key, key, key yeah. in the red zone. And I think he returns to form. Uh, I Once again, I think the Ravens elevating their passing attack is going to be one of the biggest things that they're going to have to do if they want to have solid success this season. I think he might have to be a huge factor because now you've got, on top of uh, Hollywood Brown, you bring in Bateman and uh, Sammy Watkins. I think those are guys that could take the top off the defense even more. So I, I could see a, a big, big... Big, uh, kind of what you're saying, right back to 2019, big, big production as far as even yards-wise and catch-wise this year, uh, as opposed to just the red zone threat that he was. Sure, and, and even if the Ravens go into more four or five wide receiver sets, yeah. you're not looking bad um, with Miles Boykin and Devin DuVernay sure. uh, backing him up. I mean, not the biggest names, however... Those guys are guys that can spread around the field, spread around the ball. And Rashad Bateman, uh, Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown, obviously all looking like they're going to be solid, solid options yep. for Lamar. Now, 
Marquise Brown, if you had him in fantasy last year, I do apologize to you because, uh, yeah, it was a rough season for him. Uh, Not exactly sure the number. It was right around 20% drop rate, I do believe he had. Right. Uh, That was absolutely brutal for Lamar, uh, his star wide receiver. Got to be better than that this year, and I think that they're going to figure some of that stuff out. Now, as far as personnel, uh, one of their biggest key factors of success, they absolutely destroyed, destroyed teams in 2019 out of 13 personnel. Right. Um, now that was due to having Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, and then being able to rotate a third guy in and out of there from time to time out of the depth chart. Now they shipped old Hayden Hurst off to Atlanta in right. 2020, banked all of their chips on Mark Andrews, and it didn't really pan out. They right. actually moved away from that 13 personnel. I think that they need to move back to that just a tad bit here. Uh, I'm not sure as far as the tight end room goes, not an extreme amount of value there. They brought in Nick Boyle and Jake Breland are the biggest names that I could tell you about. Outside of that, it's going to be a huge competition. I'm not really sure what's going to shape out, but I think that's going to be another key contributor factor to their success on the offensive side of the ball. Outside of that, you know, teams are going to be keen on Lamar. And we saw that very, very evidently last year in 2020. Now, I don't know what your opinion is on uh, them offensively, partner, but what what can the Ravens do as far as offensively? We know they're the run heaviest team in the NFL, especially at a 12 personnel where they bring both uh, or two tight ends in. They're about 67 percent right around there. Uh Offensively, what do they do to break from that mold, get teams' eyes off of Lamar, and start moving the ball down the field via the air? Well, well, like I said, I mean, obviously, if Lamar's passing skills have improved, then, uh, you know, this team is a whole different type of juggernaut, like I was saying. I think we start to see the J.K. Dobbins uh, breakout that everyone has been waiting for the last two years. Uh, People were expecting it last year, especially with uh, Mark Ingram not having the best season uh, by any means. But with him out of there, Mark Ingram, that is, I think, J.K. Dobbins, I think they're going to find ways to get him out in open space. I think they're going to be able to, you know, use that as a two-headed monster a lot more than they did last year and kind of, you know, switch in Ingram and Dobbins. And, uh, you know, neither guy could get into much of a rhythm at all. And then, honestly, I think uh, Mark Andrews truly might be the biggest key for them, uh, assuming that the other receivers can keep their health and take the top off the defense. Uh, And then, obviously, if that deep ball is working, you got all these guys, you know, being the deep threats that they are effectively, then I think it could be extremely dangerous absolutely every single one of those wide receivers can whip rip the top off of a defense anytime they want and i'm glad you talked about the running backs there too because a great segue right into that um jk dobbins i was heavy on him in his rookie year i think he's going to be one of the guys in his sophomore season that is going to absolutely explode Mm -hmm. explode 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 get mark ingram Ingram out of the way. And then you got uh, Gus Edwards. Now, Gus Edwards, I am also very high on. I think these two guys are definitely worth add. We'll talk about them in fantasy more uh, way on down at the, the last segment of the show. However, man, I just think both of these guys, regardless of if they're in two running back sets, if they're not in two running back sets, regardless of where you put them, I think that they're going to find success too. I mean, obviously we know the Ravens, as I've already mentioned it, being one of the highest run heavy teams in the NFL. And I think that continues here this season. I don't think they move away too far from that. But like I keep saying, I think that they need to use the speed and the depth of their wide receiver room to their advantage this season. They can't can't put a cap on that and those wide receivers have to step up. Can't have the same drops that we had in the offense. Yeah, I think, yeah, last year I think they were just trying to switch a few too many things up 
trying to keep people guessing based off what they were in 2019 and so effectively because obviously people are going to try and overcorrect on that and it just didn't really work out so right. uh yeah I, like we're kind of saying i think we see a lot more of the 2019 ravens this year honestly last but certainly not least thank you partner before we move into the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. sometimes my favorite side of the ball actually my favorite side of the ball for the ravens i i mean i love yep. the offense but the defensive just absolutely electrifying right but before we move into all that electric activity, uh, per Sharp football analysis, you know how I feel about Warren Sharp. You know how Max feels about Warren Sharp. Uh, some of his biggest fans, we love his work. Uh, we utilize a lot of his stats all throughout the season and early in the season up to our prep. Per his rankings, offensive rankings, and uh, the staff over there, Lamar Jackson in their quarterback room is right at six, ranked at six overall in the NFL. Their offensive line is ranked at seven, so kind of what we were talking, yeah. right, right spot on with their analysis too. And their running backs are ranked at eight, so they both, um, all of their guys there also see some improvements, some positive regression to more of a uh, top tier running back for both Dobbins and Edwards here this year. So looking really solid. However, their wide receivers come in ranked at twenty fourth. Sure. So I think that's just a lot of question marks based off of last season what all happened and are we going to see improvements and are we going to see the ball actually going to be moved down the field more than one play every two drives yeah and on paper I would say you know kind of rank them similarly but these guys are here for a reason within this offense specifically so you know they there's a a world where they significantly overperform their expectations or their names on paper and uh, you know you kind of see them putting up some solid numbers but you know on paper I do kind of get that rankings but I mean, these guys are are made for this offense, and that's why they're there. Absolutely. And, of course, we will break down each one of those positional groupings we just talked about in full value, fantasy-wise, right at the end of the uh, full Ravens season breakdown. So uh, if you missed anything there or you're dying for a little bit more information than we were just kind of giving you there, don't worry. We'll break it all down in the fantasy section. We have time dedicated for that. We just kind of want to give you the full outlook for them offensively and now defensively. Now we're going to flip things up uh, from how we started off the offensive where I took uh, some of the key losses. My partner is going to take the key defensive loss tell you guys about some of those guys that they sent packing and then i will obviously take care of some of the key additions uh not super active for the ravens Mm -hmm. via free agency or the draft they did pick up some solid guys but uh definitely some things to discuss here so partner kick things off defensive side of the ball who did we lose at a b more uh yeah so we've got a couple names that you are going to be familiar with and thinking that this defense might be some uh you know regression on the horizon but i don't really think so here we've got jihad ward matt judon and yannick and gaku all of these guys are decent names but uh you know for this baltimore ravens franchise one of their philosophies is that pass rushers are pretty replaceable uh, and as you mentioned uh and you're about to mention they didn't uh, really backload those that fill those holes specifically in the offseason i think they got a lot of guys that are just going to step up and uh yeah i mean these three are really the big names as far as the defensive losses go uh but i don't think it's going to be too much of a hit what do you got as far as additions are concerned as far as the defensive side of the ball goes like I said, man, only five additions. They were all out of the draft. They uh, they were pretty active in the draft. They didn't uh, do anything via free agency, via trade, anything like that. So they let, they uh, let the guys walk that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But they did add Odafe Owe, uh, defensive end out of Penn State. 
obviously a game wrecker and a half. If you know any type of college football, you know that name. Brandon Stevens, cornerback out of Southern Methodist. Uh, solid, solid, solid season in 2020. So excited to see what he can do for this defense. And uh, under the tutelage of Marlon Humphrey and also Mr. Marcus Peters. Yeah. Cannot wait to see what uh, th- that kid does. Also, right. Sean Wade, another cornerback that gets to uh, get a little bit of tutelage under those guys. Uh, he's coming out of Ohio State. And uh, question a lot of question marks is Ohio Ohio State becoming DBU. DBU? Uh, Is it becoming DBU? I don't know. The jury's still out. Nonetheless, they also added Dalen Hayes, defensive end at a Notre Dame. Not too bad, not too shabby. So that's actually four guys. I actually had another bullet point here, but that was just to tell you guys uh, what I'm telling you right now. So four guys uh, in general, they added on the defensive side of the ball, but they don't look too bad because they didn't let everybody walk. They still got Calais Campbell, who's pretty much taken up 90% 90% of the uh, the cap there on the defensive side of the ball. He is also getting a little up there. He's getting a little uh, he he's getting a little old, getting in sure. his 30s now, but he's still a game wrecker, can still make things happen. Then you got Brandon Williams, who's also taken up a very, very big amount of the cap on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, he's also 30-plus. So right. we'll see what happens there. You also obviously have Pernell McPhee. McPhee and Wolf on the opposite side Mm -hmm. uh, covering that and then uh, we'll see as far as these defensive end additions uh, with uh, Awafe or I want to make sure I say that right I'm going to have to hear it a couple times Matubuki? No, no No no, uh, Odafe Owe. Oh, Odafe, okay. Odafe Owe. I'll, I'm interested to see what he'll do, and then I'm also in a, interested to see how they're working Dalen Hayes. I, I don't know much about Dalen Hayes, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, didn't hear all too much about him last season, so have to look at him just a little bit. But that defensive line still appears to be game wreck prone, yeah. but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the defensive line, I still like it. As long as we don't see a big drop-off from Calais Campbell, which I don't think so. Uh, sure. He did miss a few games, but when he was there, he was still pretty effective. The biggest thing as far as this defense is concerned in my opinion is uh the linebacking core and patrick queen he had some issues showed some signs of life there in his rookie season uh but actually had a lot of i think he was one of the higher rates of missed tackles in the entire league he's pretty damn athletic so i think he corrects those mistakes i think we see a big second year jump from him because uh if he's the guy that he was last year again missing these tackles uh and having some issues you know in all facets of the game really you know they might have some struggles but if he even half corrects those mistakes and you know not just makes them uh instead of making them strengths from his weaknesses kind of just corrects them even if that's the case i think that could be a big jump from him but uh you know marlon humphreys and uh, marlon humphrey and marcus peters i think are still just going to be just having those guys as the anchors on the outside there is so huge for them so you just go you're going all over the board yeah, right I now so i was going to move into okay, linebackers okay. so i'm glad that's where the first place you took it so let's yeah. take it linebackers for a minute uh yeah i do think we see a huge sophomore season uh, from yeah. patrick queen just like i was talking about jk dobbins i think a lot of those missed tackles a lot of those kind of bonehead moves not that i would have any spot to call patrick queen right. a bonehead i am a three-year-old There's child rookie mistakes. rookie mistakes rookie mistakes i am a three-year-old child compared to that specimen of a human being so i never have a foot to stand on that but i will give you my analysis on what i think he will yeah. do uh but then i also think malik harrison on the opposite side of him he's gonna be solid for them i think he'll uh he'll fall into uh, more of his own 
And uh, I think we might see a little bit more defensive production from him as far as maybe some picks, maybe some forced fumbles. I I, I love this linebacking room. And then you segue that into uh, the cornerback room, the defensive yeah. back room. Man, I love this defensive back room more than almost anyone in the entire league. Right. I already mentioned them. You got Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. Obviously, Marlon Humphrey is going to play more out of the slot, and then mm. Marcus Peters is going to be on that number one guy of any team. And then you also have um, Smith now. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy yeah. Smith, who is very, very good in and of his own right. So I think this secondary is going to be very tough to beat. Now, in the deep secondary, uh, they have Chuck Clark, which is a great, great um, safety to have on your team. No question about that. But then Elliott. Now, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure about Deshaun Elliott. He's played four years in the league. He came out of Texas, but I'm not too sure yeah. how he's been overall. So. Yeah, as far as the safeties are concerned, that might be one of the bigger question marks on the team, I would say. Yeah. But uh, I think the rest of the, uh, you know, the cornerback help is just enough that it doesn't matter too much. Yeah. Uh, and I think we see some solid play from these safeties anyways. So sure. Hard, yeah, to, I, hard to hate these guys, Humphrey and Peters, though, honestly. Man. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super high on Chuck Clark. I just don't know enough about Deshaun Elliott to really give you yeah. uh, an honest opinion about him. But, yeah, that defense looks like it's still going to be stacked, loaded, absolutely nasty. And in 2020, they weren't too bad. They only allowed 5.1 yards per play to opponent offenses. Their opponent completion percentage was a little bit high, but not too crazy, 63.88%. Opponent third down conversion percent coming in at 33.80%. And then when they got in the red zone, a little bit more than you would like to see. Maybe they bow up a little bit more in that department this season, 61.22% opponent scoring in the red zone. So some of the key stats there I want to let you guys know about uh, on the defensive side of the ball from 2020. But uh, outside of that... We've kind of talked about it throughout, uh, talking about each one of the positional guys, each one of the starters, what we think this defense is going to do. We think this defense is going to remain to be elite, 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 no question about it. And as a matter of fact, per sharp football analysis, those guys think the exact same. They are as high on this secondary as we are. Yeah. Number one ranked secondary overall in the NFL per those guys, as well as the number nine ranked front seven in the NFL right now, too. So... We believe in them. We think it's going to be solid. We think that they're going to keep them in a lot of games. So that does it for the defensive side of the ball. Now, if you've been watching football in any type, form, or fashion for any amount of years sure. now, you know the head coach of the Baltimore sure. Ravens, John Harbaugh. He's been around for 13 years now. I could not believe it had been 13 years. It just didn't seem right. And we talked about it, too. I mean, it's so hard to do that in the yeah, NFL, no to make it that long in today's the the what-have-you-done-for-me-lately NFL that there right. is now and with kind of the run that they've been on lately and all the promise that Lamar was supposed to be in Super Bowl winner. And Johnny H is still the head coach and be more. I think it's gonna, yeah. I think it's gonna be there for quite a while, man. Yeah. Even if uh, you know, obviously the the media buzz around this team is that they can't get it done in the playoffs. But if they keep getting to the playoffs year in and year out, I don't think they're gonna make the switch because I don't think it's John Harbaugh's fault. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think he's gonna be there for a while, man. Like you said, it is so damn hard to do that. Even if you have a five year ex uh, excellent run there, it's impossible to do this next to impossible. So right. I think we see him for uh, he goes for at least twenty. I think. Really? Sure. Why not? All why right. Not? Hot take. Sure. Hot take. John Harbaugh goes twenty years as the Baltimore <laughs> head coach. He's at thirteen now, so we'll see how it goes. Get fourteen under the belt. We'll see what happens. Well, 
First team we have talked about so far that does have an OCDC split, uh, the Cardinals and the Falcons. Obviously, both of their head coaches double as their offensive coordinators. Offensive coordinator for the Ravens, second year coming in now, or third year coming in now, has already been for two years, Greg Roman, and coming in for the fourth season, Don Martindale. So, uh, obviously, you know what you're getting out of those guys. We ain't got to break them down too much. It's not like it's going to be huge new schemes coming in. I think, uh, once again, everything just keeps bringing me back to the fact that the Ravens' offensive passing attack has to be dominant this year. It has to be dominant this year. That run game, no question. They'll figure out ways to get Lamar out in space. There's no question about that. And they'll figure out ways to get J.K. and Gus pumping out some production. Yep. But that wide receiver room leaves so many question marks Mm -hmm. in my head as far as the game total, as far as how I might bet this team. I need to see how those guys are going to be coming out. And everything just keeps coming back to that for me. So I hope Greg Roman has those boys ready to rock and roll. I hope that is part of his plan because – I think that will lead to a definite 12, 13, 14 win season for the Ravens. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, the worst case is that these guys kind of mirror what they did last year as far as a wide receiving core, and then we might have some issues there. But I think uh, optimistically, I'm with you. I think they improve. Uh, and If I think, they do uh, that, they're fooked. If they don't improve, you mean? Yeah, if they don't improve, yeah, the, I think so the Ravens are a nine-win team. Yeah, I, uh, I, think, I'm with you. I think I'm with you then. <laughs> yeah, uh, but didn't mean to cut you off. Any closing, no, no, closing no, final points on yeah, that? I'm all yeah, because that, that, uh, that just seems huge to me. Because if, if they don't, it is all but a wrap. Yeah. All right. You know the offense. You know the defense. You know the losses, additions, everything in between. You know the whole damn coaching staff now. Let's get into the nitty-gritty, the shit you guys actually care about. You don't really care about all the names. Well, I guess you do, but you really care about the nitty-gritty and the betting and the fantasy and who are these guys actually playing and how hard is it going to be? What are they going to win? Colt Mags, we need to know. Well, just settle on down, pal, because it's time to get into the second segment of today's show. Ladies and gentlemen, the full Baltimore Ravens 2021 schedule breakdown. All right, let's kick things off first. And if you haven't been here before, if you just stumbled upon uh, the Talking the Line pod, maybe via Twitter, via somewhere else, who knows? First things first, hey, welcome in. Thanks for stopping by. It's great to see you. We love having new members of the TTL pod uh, and the TTL sports media family. Of course. But that being said, you're going to hear us talk a lot about, if you haven't already, Warren Sharp and Sharp Football Analysis. We get great, great information. He does the 2021 season preview or the season preview every single year. It is 460 plus pages of just absolute information. So we'd be dumb not to share some of the things we've learned there, some of our personal knowledge, some of knowledge we've learned from other areas. We would be dumb not to put that forth to you. Now, with all that being said, I'm going to quote him here yet again. Now, per Warren Sharp and Sharp Football Analysis, this schedule forecast is looking a little bit harder than 2020. Just uh, a little bit. Just a little bit. Just now, I'm not saying it's crazy. I'm not saying that uh, you need to run for the hills back in every single underdog against right. the Baltimore Ravens. But what I'm telling you is that some of the nonsense that they had last season it's going to have to get cleaned up because if it doesn't, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They're facing a Legitimate lot, trouble. lot, 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 lot better defenses yeah. here this season. So let me run it through it for you. Week one through week 18, their bye week, so you know, is on week eight. If you uh, wonder, well, hey, seven 
Nine doesn't come after seven. What the heck happened? It's because it's their bye week. Week eight is the Baltimore Ravens bye week. So any uh, fantasy thoughts, anything early there? Maybe you're targeting a few people. Week eight. Now, for their full uh, schedule here in week one, cupcake game and a half, if I do say so myself, they should be able to absolutely walk all over the Oakland Raiders in week one. Las Vegas Raiders, my friend. Ooh, Las Vegas shiitake Raiders. mushrooms. I'm still doing that, and that's three years now, huh? Jeez. All right. Got to get that corrected, my friend. Las Vegas Raiders, doggone. The, the people of Vegas are pissed and the people of Oakland are sad. Man, yep. with my words that just came out of my mouth, I apologize to both parties. But moving along into uh, week two here, the Kansas City Chiefs. Going to be a hard game and a half. Week three, four, and five are the Lions, Broncos, and Colts, followed up by the Chajas and the Bengals in weeks six and seven. Obviously, the aforementioned week eight by week, then into week nine, they play the Vikings, followed by the Dolphins, Bears, and Browns. Then week 13, 14, and 15, they get to finally face the hated Stillers, and then they face the Brownies again, followed by the Packers and the Bengals, finally. They closed their season in week 17 and 18 now. So excited we get a extra week of NFL football facing the Los Angeles Rams yep. and, once again, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I look across that board, my friend, and we won't get into it quite yet. We'll save it here just a little bit for the betting preview. But I look across that board, my friend, and I see at least 12 wins. I see at least 12 wins, but... Like we said, it's going to have to take some very, very serious concentration and focus. And right. it's not going to be Baltimore rolls in and puts up 45 and gets out of town. Right. It's not what it's going to be like. It's going to have to be some nitty gritty, very technical, if if that's even a good word for it. It's just going to be have to be very high level football, highbrow football, if you will, yeah, is no going to have to come out of Baltimore if they want to get these wins. Yeah, I, I for the most part, I'm right there with you. Uh, the thing that make, gives me the most optimism is that uh, you mentioned their schedule is, is a little bit harder. No question about it. All of those, all of their toughest games are in Baltimore. So they don't really have uh, too much as far as uh, difficult travel schedule is concerned. They get a lot of these teams that they should beat on the road. So I, it actually wouldn't shock me if their road record is better than their home record this year. I wouldn't either. Yeah. It, honestly, I wouldn't either. And they were pretty solid on the road, as you're saying. I mean, it. It, uh, it really wouldn't surprise me either if that would be something that they would be able to do. Um, but we got some pretty heated matchups, it looks like, coming up here out of their division. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> This is one of the, oh, of the three schedules we looked at so far. This has got ooh, me the most excited. Yeah, this one say. should be bananas. Now, if you haven't checked, we'll talk about it here in a little bit um, with what I'm about to mention. But these odds in the AFC North are very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. They're very, very tight, and some teams are up there high that you might not be expecting. Right. We won't break all that down yet, but let's talk just a little bit about what we think uh, is going to happen overall in the AFC North. Now, partner, my opinion in, in general mm -hmm. is they go out of their six division games i would say at the bare minimum they go four and two at the bare minimum yeah at the bare minimum they go four and mm -hmm. two now why i say that they sweep the Bengals, no problem right no question i i'm excited to see joey b get back on the field right big man on campus watch out big dick walking yeah but you know I think it's going to take them a year to get back yep. into the work of things. Get back I'm right into there the with fold. you on that one. Yeah. I think it's going to take just a little while. But we ain't talking about the Bengals. Either way, I think the Ravens sweep them. However, 
the brownies are getting the respect of the books and getting the respect of a lot of analysts going into the 2021 uh-huh. season and i think that they split one and one with those boys they right got with a, you on that. they got a shot to go two and oh it might be one of just a wild finish something sure. crazy like we saw the 48 48 whatever finish, it was whatever yeah. it was last year for crying out loud to close out the season I think that's kind of similar to what we see, and they split with the Browns, and then I think they split with the Steelers. Now, that's going to be a little bit more question mark. They could potentially go 2-0. I like it more 2-0 than I do the Browns. I like them to go more 2-0 versus the Steelers. Now, if the Steelers can stay healthy on the defensive side of the ball, that'll obviously loom very large, but they didn't do a whole lot offensively. Now, no, 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 wait. I love Najee Harris. I think that's great, but you can't put all your damn chips in the table on that. And we'll talk about their wide receiver room. Now, they haven't been terrible, but they haven't been great by any means. And if you've heard me talk before, I'm not the biggest fan of Juju. I'm not the biggest fan of the rest of the receivers in in that room for one reason or another. But eh, that's besides the point. We're not talking about them. I think the Ravens get it done quite potentially 2-0. So maybe Maybe they go five and one in the division this season. Um, as far as, like you said, worst case in my eyes, they go four and two. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think they go five and one. I think they do get both those games against the Steelers. I am pretty low on the Steelers' offense this year. Uh, like you said, if the Steelers' defense comes out healthy and has, uh, you know, the production that they've been having, then you know that might carry them. Uh, they did go. The Ravens swept them in 2019. The Steelers swept them in 2020. Uh, at the very least, I think we see a split. But like we were kind of saying, I think we see more of the Ravens team from 2019 and i think the steelers uh have a big regression they started off the season what 11 and 0 and then lost five straight uh because their schedule finally picked up so i i think we see a big old regression as far as their record wise from the steelers so i'm going five and one for the ravens in the division here all right so either four and two five and one that's definitely where we're leaning division wise for to be more ravens but they got eight games outside of that as you know four specifically out of two specific divisions their two divisions they're going to be facing is our NFC North. Yep. So we get to see them play a little bit more often than we typically would on some of our local channels, which is right. fucking dope. Yep. But they also play in the AFC West. So yeah. pretty, pretty doggone difficult there. Now, AFC West goes, I do believe, no question, they'll beat the Broncos, they'll beat the Raiders. And it's going to be a toss-up against the Chargers. Yeah. I'm not sure what we're going to see. Uh, we'll obviously talk about the new coaching all of that. I don't want to waste time talking about the Chargers, but we'll see what happens with the new coaching staff there. We'll see what happens in Herbert's sophomore season. I'm super high on him, but we're not talking about Justin right. Herbert. I, You can't tell how much I am geeked to watch him play again. Um, I think they get at least three out of the four there. In the uh, AFC? In the AFC West. I'm going two and two. Two and two. Uh, at, at worst case. At two worst two. case, who are you saying they lose to? To the Chargers? I'm really high on the Chargers, man. Yeah. Not only that, but they do play the Chargers after they play the Colts on Monday night. So they've got a little bit of a rest disadvantage coming Ooh. in against the Chargers. That Ooh. kind of pushed me over the edge. I was more toss-up against the Chargers because I'm high on both the Ravens and the Chargers. But with that rest disadvantage, that pushed me over the edge to Damn. them. You just fucked my head up on my win total pick mm, now. I might bit, have right. to rethink some things. Kind All of right. insane, man. Well, that does it for the AFC West. <laughs> but for our NFC North, uh, you know, the game between my Bears, E, it's going to be, uh, you know, 
I don't I don't know honestly what we're gonna see from the Bears. I'm trying to analyze it from such an unbiased perspective, and I just don't fucking know. Like that defense is so elite, but I don't know what we're gonna be able to do. I don't know if we're actually really going to be offensive production powerhouse like we look like we should be, but we look like that every year and it doesn't right. be. But we ain't talking about, ain't the talking about Bears. that. That's next week, I believe. That's next week. It is for sure. Uh and then uh maybe episode one hundred very soon after that. That's gonna be the Detroit Lions. Uh-oh. We've already looked ahead. Uh Motor City <laughs> Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. I, you know, I don't think that they uh, have any problem with the Lions. No. Going to be a battle with your pack. You know, it's, yeah. it's been a couple battles over the course of the last few seasons, and we'll see what happens here. Well, I don't know. I think the pack squeaked that win out, and then against the Vikings, in my mind, they go 3-1 um, and one, as far as I can tell. But Some once again, you draw it up, yeah. Once again, 2-2 two and two, potentially, depending on how the Bears play. Yeah, I mean, I'm... Uh, yeah. I don't. I'm not saying that you're biased. I mean, obviously you're biased, but you're, biased. you're trying to be unbiased. It's just that I think, defense. I think the Ravens have the right matchup for the Bears, uh, specifically because the Bears' uh, defense is a little similar style to the Steelers. So I don't think it's going to be too foreign for the Ravens to see them. They're also good at really limiting quarterbacks, though, which yep. is just that's what gets me. Yeah, and it know. is in Chicago. That's so that should help you there. And uh, actually, it is a big they play the bears uh that actually should be a rest advantage never it's, mind but it's right before they play the browns so it could be potential look ahead game for them and they just that's gloss fair. right that's over the fair. bears that's man. fair I, I mean, but i'm still i'm still calling three and one yeah. or nfc north all right well there you go there you have our opinions on the main eight games uh for the ravens on their schedule now they got three remainders we covered all 14 but they got 17 now so we got the three remaining being the fins the horseshoes and the Rams. Now, I think they take care of the Finns. Yeah. No problem. I, you know, hey, actually seeing Tua swang and slang that rock in training camp, they're looking a little saucy offensively, but we'll, we'll save that later. But as I keep saying, I just, you can tell I'm so excited to talk yeah. about every team. You know, it is in Miami, though. It is in Miami. It is in Miami on, I believe, Thursday night. And they have a tendency of pulling some bullshit off late in the game for them being the Dolphins in Miami. It's just how it happens. I don't know, but I think they get that win. I also think that they can get the win over the Colts, but it's going to depend what they can do against that defense. I think that's a bad defensive matchup for them. For the Ravens? Yeah, Yeah. for the Ravens. So, eh, And then a very, very bad defensive matchup for them against the Rams. So I think they go 2-1 and outside of that. I think they either lose to the Colts or the Rams. It's going to be kind of a coin flip there for me. But outside of their division and their main eight, I'm going 2-1. and Ah, yeah, I these three I've gone back and forth with all morning, if I'm being honest. Uh, but I, 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 for the most part, I agree with you. I think I, I don't know. I think they might go one and two out of those three. I really might think. I think they might go because that Thursday, yeah. Thursday night in Miami, uh, there nothing. Whether the Dolphins are good or not, even if they're bad, but the Dolphins just win those games, and it doesn't make a lick of sense. And they've got the home field advantage in Miami. So I I don't know. I'm going one and two out of those three, man. Wowzer Capazzo. So I, as you were speaking there and, and kind of closing closing your thoughts up, I was just I was kind of just doing a brief calculation on the numbers. And with what you're saying, man. I've gone back and forth on, obviously we're not there yet. but We'll I've talk gone, about that total. <laughs> that is total. holy. Five different times this Holy morning. shit. This is a really hard one. I was actually all over the over. Now I got to think about this a little yeah. bit more. So we'll get into that um, here very shortly. But as we've been talking about, uh, right just about to roll into the betting preview, as we've been talking about their 2020 schedule it was kind of a cupcake schedule i mean they played the nfc least all four games against them ridiculous then they played the afc south which 
the Colts were okay last year, Mm -hmm. not terrible, but then they played the Jags, who were a hot steaming pile of shit. They played the Texans, who weren't much better than a dumpster fire, and then they played the Titans, who... I don't remember when they played them. If that right. that was the that was the late season one where they had the whole logo stomping and all that BS, and then and yeah, then the Ravens yeah, yeah. did it back to the Titans in the playoffs. Right. That whole yep. jazz. That was where the Titans beat them. So, you know, they had a little bit of success there. Obviously, against the weaker opponents, not so much. I I don't want to overstep my my rights here, but I I want to say that. The Ravens lost to the Colts. I think in they that did. Game. I think they did. Um, I know they lost to the Patriots. Yeah, they lost to the Pats too. That was a crazy game. They did all right within the uh, division, and then the, I think that Patriots game was like a wild, wild storm, yeah, though. If yeah, I didn't remember, now that yeah, I'm thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah. it, yeah, yeah, it was. It was absolutely. That was like a Thursday night or a Monday night game. It was a night game, and yeah, it, was it was just a, it was a monsoon. If I remember, yeah, it was correctly. absolutely wild. I remember that. So definitely. Where those teams were last year, though, mm-hmm. it was a very, very cupcake schedule. We told you 26th ranked passing defense and 28th toughest schedule yeah. overall. So not uh, not looking too hot here as far as uh, the variance goes from 2020 to 2021. Right. It's definitely not getting any easier. So that might kind of flip some more switches in my mind when yeah. it comes to that total. But hey. We keep talking about it. We keep tiptoeing around it. We might as well just get right the hell on into it because we've covered everything we possibly can for the schedule. This is a daily sports gambling show. We are handicappers and sports betting analysis analyst. Analysis. And analyst analyst by (laughs) trade. So we got to talk about some bets, baby. Let's get into the Ravens full season preview. Now, First things first, we uh, have been getting into is the weekly lines. Absolutely love to look at that. We have all 18 weeks laid out, or 17 weeks rather, for the Baltimore Ravens. So let's dive deep into their weekly lines. We'll give you a way, way, way too early week one pick. And then uh, we'll talk about some 2020 trends. And then we'll get into all the rest of the stuff. The win total, the division winners, all that good stuff. So weekly lines, my friend. I already told you the schedule. But here you have them. Listen on up. Some very interesting things. And partner, I want to give you, want you to give me your opinions on some of these once I wrap up. Now, minus four favorites in Las Vegas. The books seem to agree with me. Mm -hmm. And I love a minus four Mm -hmm. right there. Great opening week number. Week two, pick them against the Chiefs. Minus seven and a half point favorites against the Lions in week three. Week four, five, and six against the Broncos, the Colts, and the Chargers. They are all favored Three and a half points, four points, and five and a half points, respectively. Then you got seven, eight, and, or I'm sorry, seven, nine, and 10. Week eight being the bye. See, I even forgot. There That's why I say it so many damn times. They got Cincinnati, Minnesota, and Miami once again favored in all three by 10 points against Cincinnati, seven and three against Minnesota and Miami, respectively. Then 11, 12, and 13, once again, favored in all three against Chicago, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh by three and a half, three and a half, and two and a half, respectively. Then they finally get their first puppy of the season. Right. If you don't want to count that, pick them against Kansas City in week two. They come in as two and a half point dogs against Cleveland, and that game is played in Cleveland. So very interesting there. They were also 
I'm going to save that actually. I'll tell you what they were as away dogs last season and as dogs in general in just a minute. But in week 15, 16, 17, and 18, to wrap everything up, they play Green Bay, Cincinnati, the Rams, and the Steelers once again. They come in favored against Green Bay by five and a half points. Huge doggies against the Bengals. So I think that was a typo. Oh, this might be a typo. I, I forgot about we yeah, talked yeah, about Yeah, we that. looked into it. I think it's a typo. Yeah, it is a typo. So minus six and a half point favorites against the Bengals in week 16. And then week 17 and 18, they come in once again favored as three point favorites against the Rams and five and a half point favorites against the Steelers. Now, partner, anything we can draw from there? Obviously, they have one solo week as a uh, underdog in the 2021 season. Right. Anything we should be targeting out of that game? Anything we should be targeting across the board, in your opinion? Yeah, across the board. I mean, I think the early part of the season, I kind of was mentioning it with the uh, game against the Chargers, but they got a couple circumstances where they've got a little bit of a rest disadvantage. Open in the week against the Raiders on Monday Night Football, and then they turn right around and play the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football with a little bit of a rest disadvantage. So I'm, uh, I'm going to be probably hammering in the Chiefs on that game, despite it being in Baltimore. The Chiefs have had their number. Right. Um, and then you did mention, I mean, I have to mention it myself as a Packers fan. I imagine, I imagine they'll still be the favorites, but that five and a half, I'm sure, would be dropping down on the Rodgers in the building. I would imagine. Uh, but I mean, the big thing I mentioned it. A lot of their easiest games are on the road, so they have to. I imagine they have to, aside from maybe a couple teams, have the most uh, games in which they are favored on the road this season. Um, so as I mentioned, I think they could have more road games, but you know, sure. maybe they struggle a little bit more than I'm anticipating here. They, like, I mentioned, they play in Miami. They have a game in denver aside from their you know the uh, the crowd home field advantage those are you know weather circumstances altitude circumstance home field advantage for those teams that have been uh you know shaken out one way or another so mm-hmm. you know i'm uh, i'm interested to see where these things go my friend they got some big they have big favorites at home like, like, like they were in many spots last year i'm honestly surprised that they're seven point favorites against the vikings at home you would think that would be maybe four and a half five but hey yeah so the only and there's a handful of them. The only lines that I would not back the Ravens on this season, uh, surprisingly, the home game against Kansas City, mm. I would, jury's still out, don't hold me to this, but I might take the four points with the Colts. I might take the five and a half, probably definitely take the five yep. and a half with the Chargers. Cincinnati minus 10, I think that's safe enough. That Minnesota minus seven stuck out to me too. Uh, depending on if that ticks down to six and a half, I'd hammer that shit in all day I just don't long. like that matchup for the Vikings, so that might be fair. Yeah, I, I, I don't like that either. Um, Green Bay, I'll probably definitely take the Packers plus the points, no question there. Yeah, don't fucking look <laughs> at me. You know I would do that all day from a handicapping perspective. Uh, and then in week 18, I, I yeah. I yeah, those them. last two, them. Rams and Steelers, uh, yeah, what's yeah minus three, minus minus five and a half those yeah. are both at home but they're also going to be very tight games and i think they're going to do a lot for their playoff seating and where the hell they end up right. in the postseason so honestly you know as crazy as it sounds with going back full fucking fans as crazy as it sounds the ravens might be in a lot of tight games at the bank yeah man I, it just appears that that's what's going to happen and then as far as the road lines go um, I, I would be all right taking the minus four against the Raiders in week one. As I said, I wouldn't mind minus seven and a half against Detroit. In week no, three. I like that one too. Uh, minus three and a half against Denver. I'm comfortable with minus three against Miami in week 10 on the road. But honestly, 
you might have to wait till week 10 to see what the fuck the Dolphins are and right. if they're going to be one of those teams that sneaks up on you and covers it on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, not only that one, I totally agree with you on that one. Week four against the Broncos, I'm happy that that, if that was week one, I would probably stay the way the hell away yeah. because, the you know, maybe you think the Broncos are going to be the exact same team that they've been, but, you know, I don't know, man. They could be coming out uh, hot out of the gates. They could be coming out terrible out of the gates. So I'm glad we get that one week four, get a little bit of a tape on, on the Broncos there. But as you mentioned, that week 10 game could be, uh, you know, Miami at home. <laughs> Yeah, people underestimate them every single year. They were the number one team ATS in the league last year, so I don't know, man. And back-to-back weeks on the road, 10 and 11, Miami to Chicago. Chicago to Miami, Miami to Chicago. Um, Who knows, man? Oh, Both is of them, what minus of the three, minus three and a I'm half. Curious about. Uh, week 11 tends to be right around, like, that's from early December. December. They could be going from Miami, 70 September, degrees and humid, straight to October, November. That'll be, be right around the end of November because that'd be like four. That'd be like yeah. twelve weeks theoretically, right, right, right. if you don't technically count yeah, it. Yeah, just yeah. kind of doing month math, right? Um, so yeah, yeah that is a weird. That's got to be one of the weirder weather splits there on the entire that, for anyone season. Yeah, that might mess them up. I don't know there. So that's also interesting. You might have to wait till week ten, week eleven. Maybe target Chicago and the Finns Damn. on the dog line. Yeah, something to think about there. I don't know, but. Where I would 150% not back them, week 14 and, well, actually week 16. I think that week 16 is a typo as well. So week 14, I think I'm going to take the Brownies minus two and a half just here. I mean, fuck, we are way the hell away from week 14. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> too early, but yeah, gun I, to my head, I think I would take the Browns minus two and a half. I think that's the game that they win. And I think then, that's a home and home series there this year. Oh, like. Who, who performs the best is going to oh, be the home yeah, team. Yeah, like yeah. comes out on top is going to be the home team, in my opinion. There. Absolutely. I, I Obviously, it's a home and home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, it well, well, does not compute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So definitely think that they split there, and that is the one. Week 14, they lose, and then week 12, they win. Because it, it, it's right there. It's Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. So yeah. that's a fucking That might be the, yeah, that might be the decider of their do. season, man. Yeah. I mean, that is brutal and a half. So we might be, yeah. I mean, I couldn't say it better. You might be seeing the Ravens AFC North run hanging in the balance come week 12, 13, and 14. But shit, even if they make it out of that, they got the Packers and the Rams to the last <laughs> four right weeks. To it. Right. And then the Steelers Sheesh. again. I mean, it's, hey, it's going to be interesting week to week. So, hey, Man. you know all of the home lines, all of the away lines, everything in between, uh, and weekly lines, everything there coming for the 2021 season for the Baltimore Ravens. Now, all that being said, Partner, I already kind of dished mine out. How about a way too early week one selection? Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick to it. Ravens minus four against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll be right there with you. I could see they come know, out hot. maybe the Raiders come out hot in their new stadium, maybe. But uh, I just think that's a bad matchup for the Raiders. I think we see the Raiders uh, perform a little bit better than last year. But I just think this is a bad matchup for them. And... Lamar Jackson has a field day against that defense specifically. And honestly, I think the Ravens defense is the right recipe for the Raiders offense. So I'll be right there with you. I think we see a nice win at least six, seven points there for the Ravens week one. I agree with you, sir. How about some key trends, stats, insights from yours truly from the 2020 season when it comes right. to betting, my friends? As far as the number, how were the Ravens against the number? Well, in 2020, their average spread was minus seven. So obviously heavy favorites all the way across the board. They were 10 and five ATS in 2020. So they obviously also were 
just plenty fine covering that number. The books rated them fine, and they were fine covering the number as well. 9-5 and five ATS as a favorite for the Ravens. Saved this. I about let it slip. 1-0 and oh ATS as a dog. So also kind of makes me question, do I hammer the Brownies in at plus two and a, or minus 2.5 in Week 14? Because the only time that the Ravens were a dog last year, they covered it, and it was as a road dog. Hmm. So very, very interesting to see that as well. Five and three ATS at home for the Ravens. Five and three ATS as a home favorite. They were not an underdog on the line any point in time during the 2020 season at home. And then they were five and two on the road. Four and two ATS as an away favorite. And uh, the aforementioned one and oh ATS as an away dog. So you don't get it very damn often to buy some points, uh, get some extra points on the Baltimore Ravens. Right. So it's almost like, hey, I have to take that. But you also have to think, are the books setting that up? Because that is the only single week that they are an underdog in the entire season. Right. Not sure. I could see that uh, if the Chiefs come out hot out of the gates and the Ravens don't impress in week one, I think we might see him as an early dog. Although now that I look at it, the Chiefs get the Browns week one. So... Maybe I'm eating my words already. Little rematch, little rematch. Who knows? <laughs> oh, wow. But over under wise, the Ravens little bit weird uh, as far as the numbers go here because they're a deep playoff team. Some you'll find some numbers someplace, you'll find other numbers one place. So this is just kind of generic numbers that we found across the board. They were seven and eight or seven eight and one because that seven and eight math obviously doesn't work with a seventeen week season plus a buy. So I think they're seven, eight, and one over under last year in the 2020 season with an average line of 47. It's actually a little surprising to me with the Ravens being such a high-powered offense. Or you look at them and that's what you would think, and only having a total line of 47. Yeah. I mean, I know the defense plays into that and different things too, but they were a uh, very, very solid under team. However, they were a little bit better uh, actually across the board to the over uh, home and away, four and three at home and five and two on the road to the over so lower totals but you had to be careful if you started seeing them hit those unders from time to time and in the last week of the season you're like ah shit against the browns this is going to be a back and forth slugfest defensive battle and then it ends up we already talked about it almost over 100 points for crying out loud. right jeez I, I don't i don't know uh really where they go but one final key closing thought before you go seven and eight overall over under as a favorite and zero and three over under as an underdog interesting Okay. Anything else you had there? Uh, no, I, I was going to correct you. I believe you said five and two over under on the road. I believe you miss, uh, misread that as three and five over under on the road. Three and five over under. I put the wrong one there. I do apologize. Yep. So three and five over under on the road. Now, if you're like us, good old degenerates, mm-hmm. hammering in. Who, us? No. Us? Hammering in bets of any type, shape, and form. Who doesn't love a good NFL teaser? Well, I'm so glad you asked how their teaser record was in 2020 because I got the stats for you. 6.7 point and 10 point teaser for the Baltimore Ravens, respectively. They were 12 and 4, 12 and 4, and 13 and 3. So, yet another great potential team to add to some of your teasers, just like we told you yesterday and the day before with the Cardinals and the Falcons. Very solid teaser number there for the Be More Ravens. Now, I would think it would be a little bit better. I mean, I think I'm they not had some of their losses, I think, were bigger losses, I think. Yeah, but either way, not too shabby there from a teaser perspective. Okay. So that's pretty much all of the day-to-day bets, what we'll obviously all be betting during the course of the regular season. But hey, before it gets here, let's look at that win total. What do we think is going to happen 
in Baltimore. Now, partner, as we've talked about it more and more and more and more, I honestly have no Sam Hell idea of what in the world is going to happen. I have flipped on this 10 different times this morning, my man. And I think the books have too, because the over the number, the number is set at 11. Yep. The over is at plus 100, and the under is at minus 120. Seems a little too easy for that over, if you ask me. Seems a little too easy. A little too easy, really, really does. Now, as I was looking at it, obviously, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, I think they get 12 wins. Matter of fact, I started off the show saying, yeah, 12 wins should be easy. That doesn't uh, seem too much of an issue. Now, some of these games have become a little bit more toss-ups in my mind. And as I open up my favorite sports book here... I wanted to look at something real quick because I might take that value on that under because I think think there's, I think I have crossed over to the other side. (laughs) There is just too many question marks, even with them going five and one in division. We both think that they go two and two in the AFC West. Uh So then you got seven wins there. Yep. Then potentially they could go two and two in the NFC North if something crazy happens. So then you only got nine wins there and we both agree that they go one and two in their three outside games, that's only 10 wins. Yeah. That's only 10 wins. Yeah. So I, And they could still make the playoffs with 10 wins, depending right. on how the rest of their sure. division does. But, I mean, 10, 10 wins seems pretty doggone. So I, and I mean, even more worst case, 5-1 and one is fairly optimistic out of the AFC North. They could absolutely lose both games to the Browns and split with the Steelers and go 3-3 three and three for hell's sake. Yeah, so I, I was on the over this morning. I was all over it, and I have since changed my position to that under. But if you like the over, you think we're fucking crazy, the over 11.5 is at plus 120 right now, and the over 12.5 is at plus 220. So getting decent value. But if you're siding with us, you like that under. They actually don't give you an under 10.5, which is very, very, very fucking interesting. So they have alternate lines, but it's all very 11 and a half, 12 and a half. Fucking interesting. Huh. They do not have 10 on the lines. They like have I 7, said, 8, 9, 11, 12, 13, 14. 7, 8, 9, 11, 12, 13, 14. They I do mean, not have the key number that we need for that under. No. I think we might have just tapped into something right there. I think so too, man. And I, like Shit. I was saying... I think they get Miami 10 wins. on a Thursday night in uh, late November. I, I could see them going zero three against these other teams. I could see them going four and two, three and three against their own division. Even if they do go three and one against the NFC North, I think they could still stay under. No, and like you kidding. said, if they get to ten wins, they could still very much be a playoff team. But I don't know, man. I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid on this under. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was going to tell you some under ten. Because uh, I would say that's where they go right at ten. Um, but You're if on you, if, yeah, if you like under nine and a half plus one ninety, but let's not waste any more time on the total. You, we've been talking about it the whole time, and we've actually gone a little bit longer here because there's yeah. just so much to talk about with the Baltimore Ravens. And I want to make sure we save plenty of time. We'll skip the fanfare and all of the stuff if you come around usually for Friday episodes. But I wanted to make sure I gave you guys a UFC breakdown. I promised you guys I would continue to do that, so I will bring you picks, props, main card parlay. We'll quickly breeze through that once we get through all of the Baltimore Ravens. So. Let's get back into the betting preview real fast. We'll wrap it up with fantasy, and then we'll get into the eight-sided circle quickly. Then I'll give you some motivation minutes. Get y'all sons of guns the hell on out of here. So, make or miss playoffs. We've been talking about that. Obviously, the books are uh, still favoring them, even though it seems like that 10 wins is the key number. Uh, they're favoring them minus 310 to make the playoffs, and my, or plus 240 to miss the playoffs. So, 
definitely in my mind, my opinion. They're making the playoffs, no question. I don't think either side has any value because if you buy into that plus 240 and they don't miss, that's eh, just a wasted ticket. Yeah, you've ha- you would have to be really high on some of these other teams. Higher than we are on the Steelers, very high on the yeah. Browns, high on yeah. the Chargers, uh, Dolphins, Colts, Rams, and then maybe one of these other NFC North teams because... Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm not quite there. Like I said, I'm, I'm I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on the under, but I'm not quite there on missing the playoffs by any means. And I'm certainly not taking any minus 310 action if we're talking 10-11 wins here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't think that they will miss the playoffs at all. And even further point of that, the books definitely don't think it either because they are favored to win the AFC North right now. Right. They are plus 115 favorites. And actually, to your surprise, they are followed up by the Brownies at plus 145, mm-hmm. followed up by the Steelers at what odds? Plus 440. Goodness gracious. So the books are thinking early that the Browns are going to have one hell of a season. So a lot of the stuff we were just telling you about the Browns versus Ravens, some of those matchups, Something to think about there. And then you got the Bengals all the way down at the bottom at plus 2,300. Uh-huh. You know, I think they have a very solid chance to win this division yet again. No question in my mind. They got to play solidly. I do think they go 5-1 and one in that division. That'll be kind of some of the cakewalk for them outside of the division. It's kind of a question mark in our mind. So I think they win that uh, kind of similar to our predictions as we were already talking. We think they're just far and away above at the books books are pretty much siding with us and where our opinions are. So, hey, if you needed any confirmation that we know what the fuck we are talking about, there it is, point blank period, as odds. I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not buying into the – it's not bad uh, bad value, but I'm not taking them on, on the division winner there. I'm, uh, I'm with the Browns, my friend. Wow, so the Browns are going to go a perfect sweep, 6-0? and oh? I'm not saying that. Well, how can they win? How would they win? The, oh, I guess if they had a better record, yeah, they at five have a better, and one that's the that's how they win the division. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what do you mean? Yes, hey, 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 relax. <laughs> I had to do it in my head over there. All right, damn it, leave me be. Um, yeah, you know, actually, uh, it does kind of seem too easy as you think about that. So yeah, maybe the Brownies do get it done. They have a little bit better overall season record. Now, as far as once they get to the playoffs. That is a whole nother question because the Ravens turn into a totally different beast. Now, they are third right now to win the AFC championship at plus 650 odds, followed by the Bills and Chiefs in second and first place, respectively, plus 550 and plus 250 for the Bills and Chiefs. So do we see a Ravens-Chiefs or do we see a rematch and what looks like is the week one matchup this year for both the Chiefs and Browns of the Chiefs and Browns for the AFC ship? I'm not buying into it, my man. I uh, I think we see a play- playoff repeat uh, as far as the early exit that we uh, are uh, kind of expecting at this point from the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I'm not buying into it. I think I don't think they did enough in the offseason to surpass the Bills and Chiefs. Like I said, I think they shored up the holes in their team to kind of get back to where they kind of were. Um, but just because of the schedule, man, I'm not buying into them. Um, you know, winning the division first of all. So on that matter, I'm not going. I'm not going to go AFC winner. They're going to have to go through the. Uh, if I'm sticking to my prediction here, they're going to be on the road in the playoffs. And I don't think they did enough to be uh, winners on the road in Cleveland, uh, Buffalo, or Kansas City in the playoffs. I don't think so. I don't have it. I don't. I see agree it. with you. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're worth a hot damn once we get into the playoffs. And uh, neither do the books. Right now, sixth ranked team to win Super Bowl 56 this year at plus 1,400 odds. Uh, all ahead of them, the 49ers, Packers, Bills, Bucks, and Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So your pack is right back up there. Definitely not worth a uh, Super Bowl bet to me. I, mm. 
I don't think that they uh I don't think they go there. Definitely not worth a bet to me. Nope. Not uh yeah, like I said, I think uh if they get to the playoffs, I think they lose wild card or division round once again. So you heard it here. The Browns are winning the AFC North, not the Ravens. Don't buy into it. Take the Brownies and uh don't buy into any postseason trickeration by the books there's no value there at this time being until we tell you otherwise for the ravens in the postseason so there you go there you have it ladies and gentlemen the full 2021 season betting preview for the baltimore ravens let's quickly wrap it up before we get into the ufc quickly with the full fantasy breakdown and analysis and what we like to call if you haven't seen start stash or pass now All that being said, it's pretty self-explanatory. We will go quickly through the quarterback room, the running back room, the wide receiver room, the tight end, and then take a look at the defense. Tell you if we would start them, stash them, or pass them for the time being. Out now about four and a half weeks from the NFL, start of the NFL regular season. Actually, three and a half weeks, maybe even less than that. I'm not even sure. That all being said, let's take a look at the quarterback. First things first, partner. We got to take a look at him. We got to talk about it. Now, if he goes out, the Ravens will be McSorley in a oh, bad boy. position. Oh, oh, wow, oh, uh, if we were uh, on a certain show on ESPN, you would have gotten the quick mute button on that yeah, one. Yeah, that would have been rough. That would have been rough. <laughs> but uh, Chase McSorley backing up Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, QB1. And then I am uh, off the tip top of my head, but I can tell you just real fast, just so you guys all are all aware, and we're all on the same doggone page here, they also have Tyler Huntley and Kenji Bahar. Uh, and I apologize, it's Trace McSorley, not Chase McSorley. Trace. Oh, I didn't even catch you. I knew Trace that too. McSorley. Uh, so I apologize there. said that just a bit wrong. But, partner. It don't matter of any of the rest of those guys except QB1. Number right. one, Lamar Jackson. Are you starting, stashing, or passing LJ1? Interesting. Uh, so I, when we've been asking this, I've been kind of ask, uh, answering it as far as my draft strategy goes because I'm absolutely starting him if I've got him. If he falls into my lap, he was QB number 10 last year, so I think he gets back into that top five range. Obviously, he was number one in 2019, which won me a lot of money in fantasy in 2019. But I think he uh, is going to be going high, way too high for my liking in these drafts, uh, especially because, uh, you know, I don't think he gets back into that number one status that he was two years ago because, you know, the regression as far as the defense is, the way they play him has has changed. So in a way, I'm starting him because I would love to have him. But as far as I'm not reaching in my draft, if he somehow falls into my draft strategy and falls behind a lot of these quarterbacks, which he's not going to. So in a a way, I'm passing on him because, you know, I'm not reaching on him in the draft. I agree with you. If I do somehow acquire him. Yeah. Yes, I'm starting him. No question. He's my QB one for sure. If by some chance he falls somewhere uh, early, absolutely. But or, or some falls somewhere late, absolutely. Yeah. But why I said early, I think much like you, partner, he's going to be targeted way, way too high, way too much value is going right. to be uh, hung on his hat. Because there's going to be at least one fantasy going in your in your you know in your draft that's going to take him as the one of the top three quarterbacks. Yeah. And there's, there's no reason to do that. There's no reason to burn a pick if you are. There's plenty of other value out there, and you can especially get value on quarterbacks in the late round right. outside of big names. You don't have to go headhunting on quarterbacks in the early rounds. Right. I don't understand why everybody still does that, but to each his own, <laughs> however you like to draft, right. draft right away. Like I said, I had him two years ago. I took him in the 14th or 15th round. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, and yeah, it is absolutely it was a electric season. Run. 
So we would both start Lamar Jackson, but are not going out of our way to get him on our team if somehow uh, you see him around in the later rounds. Because uh, yeah, it's not even like a hypothetical in that case because somebody's scooping him up early. Running back room, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, whichever way you want to flip it around, it does look like J.K. Dobbins is going to be RB1. For me, I am starting J.K. Dobbins for the time being in fantasy RB2 flex value for me until I see him get some more production. Got to be a little bit more consistency for me before I cement him in as my RB1. Gus Edwards, firm RB1, definite flex value, has extreme value in the passing game. I love him there, as well as running hard in between the tackles. They tried to bounce more runs outside of the tackles last year, and if they start smashing in between the tackles, they're going to have a lot more success, and those running backs are going to have numbers that go through the damn roof. So I'll start both of them, both of them in my RB2 flex tier for sure for the time being with the ceiling of potentially going up to the RB1 slot. Yeah, I uh, I think both of these guys are worth a look. I'm a little bit lower on Gus Edwards than you are. I'm still going to be stashing Gus Edwards. I just don't know what you have to at least take a look at him just based off the success that they have in the running game. I'm just, uh, you know, a little unsure of what the volume is going to be there as far as a fantasy perspective. Not that I'm totally disagreeing with you. I think I'm just going to be stashing him on the bench until I see something. As far as J.K. Dobbins, like I was saying earlier on in the show, I think we see a big breakout from him. So I am absolutely starting him. And kind of like you said, if he's my, you know, I'm not going to be reaching for him. I'm not going to put all my chips on him being my number one running back, kind of like you're saying, because uh, I still need to see it. And I don't want to be burned. I haven't had him in the last couple of years, but I, I you know, everyone who's had him has been burned by him uh, as far as their expectations of them. Uh, and I'll be damned if that happens to me this year. So I will be starting him. I would be, uh, I would love to have him as my number two running back. So, uh, and with the, uh, with the ceiling of going into that, you know, one of the top five running backs in the league fantasy wise. Yeah, would definitely target him. If, uh, there's no other best option around and you see JK Dobbins, I, I would definitely scoop yep. him up. Now I wouldn't scoop him up as my RB one. I would definitely try and target a few other guys for now. Like yep. I'm saying, because as you just saw me raise my hand, I have uh, got yep. torched by JK Dobbins in, in multiple leagues over the course of the past season. Right. And I'm interested to see where he's going to be going in drafts because I do think a, there might be people who are soured on him by this point, but then I think there's going to be people who think he's going to be unquestionably breaking out into the top three, five running backs, which I don't know that he gets there, but I, I, I would like to have him on my team, though, no question. Same here. So there you go. Our opinion and analysis, fantasy-wise, on the running back room in Baltimore. How about those wide receivers, partner? You know what I think. You know that I believe this team has to focus in this area in order to be successful this year. So I think they do have a lot of value. I think Marquise Brown cleans up a lot of those drops. Now, he has bumped down in the wide receiver two tier for me, maybe wide receiver three. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm not uh, running to the window to get him at wide receiver one by any form, shape of the word. Now, Rashad Bateman, without even seeing him on an NFL field, he's guaranteed locked in flex spot for me. I'm not worried about that. I also would consider stashing him for the time being. Just keep him safe if you can get somebody because I do think he will be a key contributing factor and will eventually start to have uh, some of the success we saw from him in Minnesota. Now, as far as Sammy Watkins goes, that's a definite stash for me for the time being. Um, not really sure what you're going to see from old Slam and Sammy. He was really good for, for a few years when he first came into the league, and now it's kind of question marks, so I'm not too sure. And then as far as number four, number five, uh, um, uh, did, no, I'm sorry, uh, Duvernay and uh, mm, Boykin. Boykin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stash them. Actually, you can completely, I'll completely those, yeah. pass on both of them. No fantasy value whatsoever. You can even leave them on the waiver wire throughout the course of this season. So 
partner, as far as uh, the top three receivers in Baltimore, what are you thinking? As far as a fantasy perspective, I'm kind of stashing all of these guys, maybe okay. starting Hollywood Brown, just because of the consistency factor. Like you said, I do think Hollywood Brown's going to clean up a lot of those issues. But as far as a fantasy perspective, I think he's going to be a boomer bust guy. And you're going to see, I think week to week, you're going to see at least one of these guys have a big game. But it might be one of those teams where it's a guessing game as far as who's going to be the receiver that has the big game today sure. on any given week. So that's kind of why I'm stashing them. I typically myself try to stay away from those guys i like to get the more consistency like you know what you're kind of getting from them uh unless i'm a little bit desperate so i i would love to have hollywood brown on my team if he falls to me i will uh definitely stash him and uh you know definitely consider my flex spot depending on what my roster looks like obviously but i'm a little more pat, uh, stashing on him um definitely stashing watkins and uh rashad bateman to start off things uh gotta see i want to see what they give me as far as this offense is concerned i do think they will have success but from a fantasy perspective, I need to see, need a little bit more of a prove it. What have you done for me lately type stuff for me here? Sure. Uh, and I agree with that too. I think all three of those guys are worthy of a stash. I don't think you need to aggressively go after them to get them in your fantasy lineups. None of them really have that top two right. value. Because the ceiling for, a, you know, this entire offense is so Dude, damn high. And then, but then there's there ain't just so no many, roof. There yeah, ain't no exactly. ceiling. Exactly. And then there's just you know, that uncertainty that might be boom or bust for a lot of these guys. Though. But but also, yeah, the floor is literally <laughs> yeah. underneath the ground. Right. It's just, it's so back and forth with these guys, you don't really know what it's going to be. So that does it for the wide receivers. Tight end wise, are we targeting any value on Mark Andrews? Obviously, none of the other ones in the depth chart have any value at this time being. Any value on Mark Andrews coming into 2021? Yeah, I like Mark Andrews. I was saying it earlier. I think uh, given the additions to their receiving core, I think that bodes well for him as far as uh, just a catch and yards perspective going down the field this time around. And then we see him in that red zone spot. You know, the guys that we were mentioning aren't really huge red zone threats. And it's going to fall on Mark Andrews once again if they're going through the air, that is. So I will definitely be st uh, starting him. Um, he was number six tight end last year. And, uh, and, you know, blanking on what he was 2019. Obviously, you talked about him having a high impact there. Um, but I, I think he could creep back into that top five. Um, I think he's that next tier, unquestionably that next tier, tier after, you know, the uh, Kelsey Waller. George Kittle range there. But then I think I think he could get into that four or five range for sure this year. So I'm be, I'll be starting him. I'll yeah, starting I... If you get him, I would start him 100%. Um, now, obviously, I would target some of those guys you mentioned there before I would target Mark Andrews. But if he is around in some of the later rounds and you need a tight end, yep. he is definitely worth an addition. I don't think that you have some of those struggling one, two, three-point weeks fantasy-wise that you saw last season. I think he's going to have plenty of success, plenty of early success, and uh, you'll be able to get him back in your starting lineup. Not to mention another part of my strategy as far as these tight ends are concerned, some of those other guys that finished four, five, six last year, or not six because that's Mark Andrews, but the guys right around four, five, seven, eight. A little bit more of a question mark whether or not they're going to repeat that this year. So I think he's a little bit more sure. of a consistency. You can kind of bank on him being, uh, you know, I don't think he could be worse than six again sophomore this year. Slump. Chalk it up to sure. sophomore sure, slump. Sure, sure, huh? sure. So, yeah, I think six tight end is the worst case I see from him, but I'm, I'm picturing at least, uh, you know, four or five. All right. Well, there you go. There's our opinions on Mark Andrew. I, uh, I would also start uh, Stash if you can find anybody better. Defense, last but certainly not least, the last position you can fill on your fantasy lineup from me, I'm starting 150%. If I see him hanging around the late rounds of my draft, I'm starting him absolutely. If somebody's dumb enough to let him fall on the waiver wire, it's my first pickup. 
Yeah, I'll be right there with you. They were number five defense last year. I see them being top 10 easy again, if not in that top five range. Once again, I think they might have some more turnover luck just based on, uh, you know, the kind of luck that they had last year. So, yeah, most definitely. I'm not going to be, I'm never a guy that's reaching for, you know, the top defenses every single year. uh, But, you know, they don't appear to be uh, projected to be top two or three. So I will definitely be starting them. I might be looking for them if, uh, if my strategy plays out the way I hope it does. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate uh, your insights closing there on the defense as well. Yep. All right, my friends. That does it for all of the Baltimore Ravens. All of their team breakdown, both sides of the ball, their coaching staff, their schedule, their betting preview, all of 2021 and fantasy analysis was just had and wrapped up. It's all there. If you missed any of it, it's going to be here all the way through to the start and beyond of the 2021 NFL season. So don't worry. If you missed any of the other two, you can go back and watch the Falcons and Cardinals too. You can just keep on rocking and rolling. You got plenty of time this weekend. Get some good stats, analysis, advice for all of those aforementioned teams. So the Baltimore Ravens are uh, now officially complete. All right, my friends. Well, there we go. There we have it. Baltimore in the books. Holy cow. I can't This one got me excited, it. man. This is, I, I mentioned yeah. to you this morning, outside of my Packers, this I gotta might be it my out, favorite kid. NFL team in uh, to watch in the league here. You got to shake out the, uh, shake yeah. Shake it out. Shake I don't out. know. Uh, what's our count here? We mentioned we've got like 30 podcast days, but uh, I think it's 41 days. I do believe it 41 is 41 days. days. Somewhere, somewhere in there? Yep. Actually, I saw it on Twitter this morning. It's 41 days. All uh, right. Four weeks, six days. Well, if uh, you don't want to depend on us to try and scroll through Twitter to find it, we have a NFL regular season countdown timer on the TalkingTheLine.com website as if you needed another reason to go there. But now you have it, and now you do. So head on over to the TalkingTheLine.com website. Check that bad boy out, too. But hey... We have already gone a good amount of time here, talked so much, right at an hour and a half, uh, maybe just a little bit before that, uh, maybe hour and 27 minutes. We'll uh, wrap things up here just briefly with some motivation minutes, get you some extra inspiration going on throughout your weekend. But I promised you guys that we would have it, and you best believe that we are having it. Now, I'm going to skip all the fanfare. Yep. You know I typically bring it on in, but we are on a bit of a time crunch. We got some other stuff we'd like to accomplish today. And uh one yeah. of those out though yeah 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 you know there you go there you have it that's our fanfare so we are live, <laughs> we <laughs> are live. all right so there's one for you doing it all good and uh let's get into it just real quick i wanted to make sure that i gave you guys some ufc picks going on into the weekend kind of where my head was at what i was thinking and uh some fights that you guys should watch as always so let's take a look here my friends i quickly am going to get into the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're welcome for the free plug and a little bit of ESPN. Let's see what we got going on here. All right. So first things first, uh, going to be pretty stack card. Should be uh, great up and down all across the board. You got Phil Rowe and Orion Koske starting off the mat or starting off the card rather. Uh, should be a good scrap. Not really sure where I would lean there. Uh, a couple of guys just starting to kind of cut their teeth back and forth. So we'll see what happens. Bout number two, very interested in seeing this, and I think it will be a scrap and a half. Ronnie Lawrence facing Trevin Jones. Trevin Jones coming in as a plus 124 dog, or 125 dog. 
give me all of Trevin Jones in this fight right now. He uh, he is looking really, really good. He has over the course of his last few fights, um, even though... I'm sorry. Let me uh, let me connect here. Even though he did have that draw and then uh, had a dis- uh, loss in uh, one of his five fights, he does also have three wins out of his last five. And I think he could be somebody sneaky if you want a little extra sprinkle somewhere. Okay. Little Trevin Jones action add to your Saturday bet slip, my friends. Then you got Jin Yu Frey and Ashley Yoder. Uh, Jin Yu Frey is actually an American, as uh, if you didn't know that, it would say that name, and you'd think they were uh, not from uh, the United States, but they both are Americans. Ashley Yoder actually has uh, been trying to get on a little bit of a, a streak here. She hasn't been able to get things figured out. She has a win, loss, win, loss, a right. couple of losses, then a win. So I don't really know what we see from Ashley Yoder. She's eight and seven, but then again, we saw Sajara Eubanks last week come in eight and seven and put on an absolutely yep. spectacular performance, right. move herself to nine and seven. So I think we see the same here. I think we could potentially see that from Yoder. Yoder, in my mind, is definitely worth a sprinkle right now yep. per ESPN, a minus one fifty favorite. I think that's spot on. I think that's very good odds for her. I would take her there. Definitely worth a look. Next fight that I am also very, very extremely interested in, I think you should be too, because it's going to be a scrap and a half fight, fans. Danny Chavez versus Kai Kamaka. One of the closest pickums right now on the card. Well, it's not a, exactly a pickum, but it's plus 100, minus 120. So one of the closest odds. I have to lean Kai Kamaka in that position. Kai Kamaka has been coming up in the featherweight division. The fight in Hawaiian. And yeah, the fight in Hawaiian's a bad son of a gun. He's lost his last two fights, but they have been just a little bit tricky. He got caught in the second round uh, against Pierce. And then when he uh, fought Travis Brown or TJ Brown, I'm sorry, um, he, he got the split decision. Yeah. So it was a little bit of a, a tricky one there. But I think Kai Kamaka bounces back because he was on a three fight one uh-huh. streak before that. As far as Chavez goes, you know, I'm not necessarily buying all into the hype and the hoopla with this guy. I mean, I think he is a very top-notch fighter, but at plus 100, I I don't really, I'm not all about that. He was finally dealt his first loss in the UFC. He's 1-1 one one in the UFC. He actually has only had two fights in the UFC, okay. obviously. Um, came in in August of 2020 on a UFC card and then before then he had just kind of been fighting in a bunch of different uh, promotions here right. and there so I'm not too sure all about him yet and Kai Kamaka's had plenty of experience now in the UFC so I just think that UFC experience is what's going to loom large here now for Kai and uh, I would lean Kai Kamaka in that okay. fight okay so definitely good value there for you and not much value for me when it comes to uh, Chris Grootsmaker and Rafa Garcia Garcia's coming as a minus 310 favorite should be a pretty good fight, but um, honestly, might be one of those five-round decision type fights. Okay. So where Grusemaker might might pull it out, who knows? Those yeah. uh, those lines have Could been be a tricky one. Those lines have been very very tricky for the underdog and for the favorite in specific. This the uh, the favorite has been losing those outright in decision matches. So. so question on that one, as far as analysis goes, betting lines go. Garcia has only had one fight in the UFC, and it was this year, and he lost. Was he that dominant? Uh, he was undefeated, 12-0, and 0, coming into that in a couple different promotions. Was he, I mean, maybe you don't know too much about him, but is that, in your head, does that just mean he was that dominant and that it was 
so glaring that he even after the one loss, think, or is it is it more on Grootsmaker here? Groots Grootsmaker has gotten a TKO. This submitted this that, and the okay. other. He's actually three, two or three out of his last five fights. Remind me, have been via submission. Uh, yeah, he's one in three in his last four fights, and two of them are by submission. Yeah. Okay, so two of them by submission in his last five fights. Two of Garcia's wins are by submission. Okay, okay. So he has kind of a tendency to fall into those submission traps. Maybe that's what the book's okay. thinking. Maybe that's why that line. But if Grusemaker can avoid the submission, then, I like I said, maybe this goes sure. to a three-round decision. I'm okay. not too sure, though. Uh, next one up, not uh, not too crazy on it. Colin Anglin and uh, Melsic Bogsarian, not not too crazy on that fight. Uh, eight and one, five and one, respectively. So should be a scrap and a half. It's pretty tight odds. Anglin's coming in at plus one twenty with uh, Bogsarian coming in at minus one forty. Nah, either way, don't really fall on a side there. I'd kind of avoid that one. Uh, then you got Nico Montana going against Wu Yanan, uh, both young ladies in the bantamweight division. Not really any value there for me either. I don't know uh, much about Yanan or Montano. Uh, Montano coming in as a minus 260 favorite. I don't really see any value there whatsoever. Uh, moving right along into that, that uh Brings us to the remaining six fights on the card now. Is this going to be... This might be a six-fight main card, I do believe, because there's 13 fights in general, so that would leave seven unless they do eight and five, but I'm not exactly, surely, precisely, 150%. Let's see... In 39... No, well, seven might start. Yes, seven o'clock starts the main card, but they also have ah dog on it. I hate when they do this on Friday. You can't ever really see or tell or know exactly what's going to be on the main card and what's not. Oh, actually, UFC.com guy, just go to UFC.com um, and type. Just hit the event, and it'll show you the. Uh, it'll show you the old one second briefly here. Yeah, good radio friends. here. <laughs> Great radio you're just getting. Uh, just one second here, and we'll let you know uh, what the main event is. And I'll dish out the uh, the main card parlay if it is right in that ballpark. Okay, so Witt and Barberina as the so it's a six six so card, it is a six six on the main card. Okay. Yep, I figured because it was it was thirteen, so seven and six. So uh, Brian Barberina and Jason Witt start the main card. Now, this one's hard for me to call, folks, yep. because Brian Barberina is very very top notch. But show, so is Jason Witt. And this line really scares me for Barbarena, if I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, Barbarena minus 270 favorite. Jason Witt plus 220 dog. Over the course of the last few weeks, this number has been extremely dangerous for favorites. Mm-hmm. They have tended to lose these fights outright. Now, I don't think that um, Jason Witt holds necessarily the prowess to get the win but it just really 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 scares me with how that line is rated now with that line being rated with Barbarina losing three out of his last five I don't think it should be that damn high and I think we see a three-round scrap out of guys who are kind of potentially on their way out of the UFC okay and I don't want to say out of the UFC but if they keep losing fights it's falling not down the division at least falling yeah. down the division so just with how these lines have been playing out, and it gets to definitely two seventy or above, it's 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 a little it's trappy. a little risque there. It's a little trappy. Um, 
So for the time being, I'm going to go ahead and lock in Jason Witt. Okay. All right. Plus 210 dog on FanDuel, plus 220 per ESPN. So a little bit of some movement there for you if you like that. Next fight up, Ryan Benoit versus Zaruk Adeshev. And this one is also another another toss-up and a half to me. Adeshev, though, 3-3 three and three, and Benoit 10-7. and seven. Uh, I honestly have to lean the favorite here. Benoit, even after coming off of two straight losses, I think that he's going to have a serious shot to get uh, a victory against a guy of Adeshev's caliber. You know, he's coming in over from Bellator, and I just don't think... I don't think that that transition is going to treat Adeshev very well. And I think he makes it three straight losses here in the UFC in the yeah. UFC. So give me all of Ryan Benoit, the minus one forty two. I like that one. I like that one. Moving right along. Jared Gooden versus Niklas Stolze. Uh, this one I'm going to right off the bat. I'm just going to have to side with Stolze uh, just in my mind where I'm at right off the jump. Not just looking at it. Uh, Gooden has been really, 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 really good. Uh, and, you know, he's a solid fighter in and of his own right, even though he's lost his last two uh, unanimous decision. Those were both in the UFC. He kind of hasn't had the best start here in the UFC, kind of been hitting the skids a little bit. Or as far as Stolze, I'm not sure why um, why he's getting those big of odds. I mean, right. it's kind of the same. He was pretty damn dominant with what we were talking about just yeah. a little while ago. He's dominant beforehand, but then lost his first fight in the UFC. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think he returns to that dominance, I think. And again, these minus 200s. He's coming in as a minus 200 favorite uh, and Gooden is a plus 168 dog. Seems like Stolze's got a little bit more in his tool belt. He's got yeah. wins by TKO. He's got wins by submissions. But then again, so does Gooden. So does yeah, Gooden. I mean it's it's uh it's kind of a toss up overall all across the board. And you know, I don't think I don't think Gooden loses three in a row. Okay. I don't. I honestly, I just never in his career has he lost three in a row. And I just don't think he loses three in a row. Okay. I just I don't think it happens. Okay. Especially in the UFC. Right. Cause he's he, that's a good chance he's out if he's at uh, three he, in a row. Very good chance he's yeah. out. See you later, alligator. Pack the bags after a while, crocodile. So I'm gonna lock in another dog, Jared Gooden. I'm ready. Son of a gun. That's uh, uh, shit. Uh, next fight up: Cheyenne Buies versus Gloria De Paula. You know, if I'm not mistaken, young lady De Paula is a Brazilian. And ladies Correct. and gentlemen, I am now no longer going against it because I told you guys two weeks ago or a week ago it was to hammer the shit out of Rafael Paiva mm-hmm. or Howlin mm-hmm. Paiva, I can't remember exactly, plus 240 dog, right. cashed like a son of a gun. Now, he almost did get knocked out in the first round, right. but he got the unanimous he decision the victory. It's a win's <laughs> a win, pal. So, hashtag don't bet against Brazilians coming out of the TTL pod from yours truly. And I'm sticking to it this week, my friend, because I think she beats Cheyenne Bowie's. I don't think Cheyenne Bowie's is, um, you know, five and two record. She's solid. She's good, but she's got a. Uh, the Paul has got a three and a half inch reach advantage, two yeah. inch height advantage. So I like this one a lot. Yeah, I love this one. Hashtag don't bet against Brazilians. Yeah, Give man. me Gloria De Paula. Yeah. Next one up. Oh, wouldn't you know it? You have Kyung Ho Kang versus Ronnie Yahaya. Oh, and. Mr. Ronnie also comes in bearing the Brazilian flag 
And, uh, you know, I, once again, those 27, 10 and one guys right around in that ballpark, yep. 27, 10 and one right around in that ballpark for the Brazilians, giving me at him a plus one ten dog. I will take him all day long as well. All righty. Actually plus one Oh eight on FanDuel mm, Sportsbook. Very nice. Then last but certainly not least, the main event of the evening, Sean Strickland versus Uriah Hall. I am beyond excited for this fight, not uh, not only just because of the technical skill abilities of these fighters, but how it should play out. You got Sean Strickland, who is a trash talker, who never yeah. stops talking in the cage the entire time, rivals some of the best to ever do it like that. And then you have quiet, calm conservative yep. Uriah Hall, who is a silent assassin. Yep. One of the most technical strikers, models a lot of his striking after Anderson Silva. And man, oh man, I think this is going to be a scrap and a half. He's coming in fresh, man. I think both of these guys are going to be a broken, bloody mess in the middle of the cage at the end of this fight. Yep. But I do believe it ultimately rolls over on into the favor of Sean Strickland. Okay. He is too damn hot right now. He has faced bigger opponents not as far as name but as far as stature as far as guys who have right. power in that division you know right now the middleweight division is absolutely stacked and if sean strickland wants to make any moves getting towards this point in his career now 23 and 3 he's gonna have to do it and it starts by beating uriah hall and tampering any any further ability hall has to make a move so right all that being said not just because I love him and not because his opponent knocked out one of my former training partners. Give me all of Sean Strickland. Okay. I'm not going against you here. I'm just uh, you know playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. Ryan Hall is coming in pretty fresh. His last fight, obviously the fight against Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman destroyed his leg 17 seconds in. So, uh, you know, the fight before that was Anderson Silva. So lately, Uriah Hall, uh, the names, obviously those last two names are big names, but in Anderson Silva's case, it was at the end of Anderson's career. And Chris Weidman absolutely destroyed his leg 17 seconds into the fight. So tough to uh, kind of break down what Uriah Hall has been lately, correct? Yeah, and you could see some of that ring rust. You could see him be tentative also and fair, scared. Yeah. You could see him be scared and Rest tentative over because rust, of eh? that. I mean, you know... I, I would, especially with just how active Sean has been over the course of the yeah. last few months and how crazy he's been fighting. He's on a four fight win streak. So that's just something I can't deny and something I have to lock in. So, ladies and gentlemen, right now, for the time being, as it sits today, my main card parlay, don't know why we had to sign me out of the app there. Thanks a lot, FanDuel. Um, let's keep it moving right along. As it sits today, might change, but probably won't. My main card parlay for this weekend's UFC Fight Night, Strickland vs. Hall. Jason Witt, Ryan Benoit, Jared Gooden, Gloria De Paula, Ronnie Yahaya, and Sean Strickland. All six are going to net you total odds of plus 10,892, paying out over 10 to 1. Is that 10 to 1? No, that would be 100 to 1. I, I didn't hear the odds. Say it again, please. Uh, plus 10,892. Yes, so that'd be 100 that would to be 1. 100 to 1. Plus 100 to 1. Or 100 to 1 odds. You put even five bucks. You have that little faith in my capping UFC ability. You just want to toss five bucks and ride it home. 54462. Okay. You want to okay. toss 10 on it, my friends? We might have a fresh $1,100. In our bank accounts okay. come Saturday evening. Okay. This is a juicy sum beach. That is a juicy motherfucker. 
but I am uh, I'm very confident in it. Okay. I think Jared Gooden surprises somebody, a lot of people. I think Jason Witt surprises a lot of people, and I think the two Brazilians. The dogs are honestly what's doing it for me, and I think the dogs have more than enough value. More, more, more than enough value in this one here. Um, one final look, one final glance, just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Didn't tell you guys uh, anything incorrect. No, that looks all good there. That looks good there. Yeah, you know, I am a fan of everything all across the board. So there you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. My main card, Parlay. And the full UFC breakdown, all the picks, props, everything we had. Uh, so hope you caught all of the additional fights there that I told you guys I'd uh, definitely be worth a nice little sprinkle, dinkle down there. Uh, whatever you want to do, a little bit of cheddar cheese, a little bit of dough, a little bit of scratch, a little bit of cash. I don't care whatever you want to call it. Just make sure you get a little bit on there so uh, we can all meet at the pay window on Saturday evening once we cash Colt's main card parlay. I love it. But there you go. There you have it. Hey, that's all we got for today's show. Oh, no, no, I didn't forget. We still got some motivation minutes for you and quick R-Mag sidebar. But that's everything Baltimore Ravens, and that is everything UFC Fight Night Hall versus Strickland for tomorrow evening. Now, before I get into some motivation, get you guys some uh, little extra inspiration, a little extra kick in the tush to get you about uh, this Friday and through your weekend till I see you again on Monday. Partner, anything burning on the brain, melting on the heart, festering on this soul, you have been dying to get out to the kind folks that joined us on episode number 92 of the TTL pod on this beautiful July 30th, 2021. Okie dokie. So you said, yeah, a second ago, that's it for the Ravens talk. Not so fast. No, no. Not so fast. I said these sidebars are going to have something NFL related just about any every day unless something crazy comes across my desk. In this case, uh, similar to yesterday, obviously a different story on their quarterback, Mr. Lamar Jackson, sitting right now 12th all-time, already 12th all-time in QB rushing yards. He is number one by a wide margin in rushing yards per game, 63.2. Mr. Michael Vick, a fan favorite of many people, including my own, 42.7 at number two. So Lamar is putting down at least 20 yards a game higher than Mike Vick. Damn. And he is only about, uh, let's see, 3,200 yards behind him. So, you know, this year, Mr. Uh, Mr. Lamar Jackson is almost un- unquestionably going to get into the number six spot there, if not higher, if he has a monster season. But within three years, we could be seeing Lamar Jackson at the top of that list, no problem about it. And then even uh, as a, uh, as a uh, rushing yards in NFL history as a whole, Micah Vick, Michael Vick is 87th, so Lamar Jackson has a nice career where he's still putting up these rushing yards. We could see him in the top 50 right alongside some of these big-name uh, running backs in the history of the league, my friend. Daggum. He is transcending the game uh, like we've never seen it before, and I don't see any stopping anytime soon in the next few years here. I don't either, and I think uh, we might see a few more of those records topple over this season alone. Yeah, no kidding, man. That's uh, that's pretty doggone impressive because obviously we were huge huge fans of Mike Vick growing right. up. So uh, to have somebody on that equal quality, right. or if not better quality, top notch. However, I will say, to uh, give some shine to Mike, he's uh, number one in rush yards average. So rush, rush per carry, he's at seven, which was fucking ridiculous. Ooh. Ooh. Whereas Lamar's down at six right now behind uh, a few different guys. Either there. way, so six, he's getting the volume. Six YPC but, for oh, a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. And I, I 150% believe that we see that all the way through 2021 and beyond. Yep. Thank you 
for the sidebar on Ravens' electrifying quarterback, Lamar Jackson, and some of his stats. Big fan. Appreciate it. Big fan. All right, my friends. Well, that does it for our mag sidebar. We're about to wrap up the entire show. But before we do, quickly, my motivation minutes. Wanted to uh, just give you a quick message today. Something that uh, you might have to spend a little time pondering on, thinking on, and uh, putting into action. Now, uh, as we go into the weekend here, a little bit more free time, a little bit more opening of the schedule, if you will. A little bit uh, maybe, hey, I might spend a few hours on the couch. Well, I wanted to remind you this weekend that as we go into the weekend and, and as you have that extra time, you have some of those extra moments. Remember that those moments are more precious than you might realize at the time. And maybe you should start using them to do something else that your future self will thank you for. Instead of just becoming a human blob or a human vegetable on the couch and letting your brain ooze out of your ears watching the case, whatever the case might be on the boob tube. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Everything in its place. But maybe instead of five hours, we limit it to four this weekend. And we take that one hour to do something that our future selves are going to thank us for. Whether that be business, whether that be personal, whether that be working on your vehicle you've been putting off for a while, whether maybe cleaning up the entire apartment or the house you've been waiting to clean for the last month and a half or it should have been cleaned three months ago, whatever that case might be, as you're going into that free time, that little bit more open of a schedule this weekend, just remember, my friends, and I'll let you and leave you with this, give you some time to think on it, act on it, and uh, hopefully be able to check it off the list by the end of your weekend, but... Just remember for me today, well, actually not for me, for you, as always, for you, not for me. It's the weekend. Do something that your future self will thank you for. And that does it for my motivation minutes for today. Good stuff, my man. My Me, myself, I've got a nice uh, mix of business and pleasure planned up for my weekend that I'm pretty excited for. Mix of business and pleasure. Mix of business and pleasure. I mean, what I mean by that. deals you're going oh, on Oh, yeah, yeah, what's, yeah, what's for happening? sure. No, what I'm saying is, A, I've got some fun playing, but I'm also, uh, you know, I'm hitting the, the beach early tomorrow, but I'm definitely bringing the old uh, Warren Sharp book, definitely bringing the old uh, blog writing device, whatever that be. So, uh, you know, business and pleasure right there, right on the mm. beach. Going to be doing a little... Uh, Work from you just catching the some rays beach. or what? Of course. No, oh, just catching some rays on the old beach. Haven't gotten to old Lake Michigan this summer yet. So. All right. Well, there you go. Enjoying some rays, and uh, maybe you catch a blog live from Lakeshore Drive being uh, being produced. Maybe you catch all our max out there in actually. prime time. Guaranteed. Hey, so you want to see it live and in prime time? Catch them on Lakeshore Drive this weekend. Catch me hitting dingers tonight once again, though. Also on Lakeshore Drive, but yes. he's going to be pimping fucking bombs as long as we have enough people. At a park somewhere near you. <laughs> and maybe we might see the return of Riley Otani pitching from the bump and also just absolutely electrifying the crowd hitting, with hitting, doubles hitting and singles. Hitting a thousand, baby. Hitting a thousand. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love to hear it. That's besides the point. Those are my motivation minutes for today. Do something for yourself that your future self will thank you for. But all of that being said, ladies and gentlemen, 
That's episode 92 of the TTL pod, the Baltimore Ravens NFL special edition. We covered everything we possibly could cover for you guys there. And we cannot thank you enough for choosing to stop by and listen to a couple of goofballs talk about and give you all of our advice and analysis and knowledge for a given specific NFL team for the day. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. All of your support following, it does not go unnoticed. We promise you, we are only getting bigger and better because of it, and uh, we will definitely, definitely, definitely recognize you guys once we have the ability to. We got a lot of great things coming right around the corner, and boy, oh boy, if I could tell you another time, well, I might as well. Hit hit this uh, episode's description, you know, make a little pit stop, and hit that talk in the line link tree, because... If you miss a show, if you miss anything, you don't care to hear about a specific team, you will always be able to find every single TTL update there. We will always consistently post content. Once again, if you are watching on YouTube, hit that notification bell because new video content will be coming out very shortly soon. You don't want to miss the start of a live show or any of that content dropping, so make sure you do all of that action and follow us on our social platforms because if at the bare minimum you never visit anything else or you don't have time to in a specific day, you know you at least open the old Twitter app once or twice. So you can get all the updates there on the Talking the Line Twitter, and outside of that, not a whole bunch else to uh, tell you. Make sure you check us out on the Action Network app at catch underscore with underscore Colt at RMAGS in all caps. Or you can just visit the TalkingTheLine.com website. You'll see all of our picks plus way more yeah. than I can even discuss on there. But for now, my friends, let's wrap this bad boy up and get you guys on about your weekend. And uh, we're going to do the same after a little bit of back-end work here. So, ladies and gentlemen, degenerates, gamblers, NFL fans, Ravens fans, everybody in between, far and wide, <laughs> from myself and Mags. Once again, we thank you so much for choosing to stop by episode 92 of the Talk in the Line podcast and giving us all of your support and following. We cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. We hope you have a spectacular rest of your Friday, unless you have other plans. A terrific start to your weekend, again, unless you have other plans. And just a next course of the few days of cash and tickets good vibes, doing something that your future self is going to thank you for, and just overall being a good all-around human being. Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. Have one hell of a weekend, my friends, because we're going to do the same. And as always, let's cash Ooh. some tickets. <laughs> oh, yeah. In the weekend on that, baby. <laughs>